It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's Community Access Station, Plains FM. I'm Rachel Hazelden, and today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories show, I'm talking to Norma Marriott. Last year I went to see the We Do This exhibition at the Christchurch Art Gallery. The exhibition was to commemorate 125 years of women's suffrage, and Norma was my fabulous guide. Contemporary art doesn't always make much sense to me, and Norma was wonderful explaining and making sense of the artwork and the female artists. So I invited Norma to the show because I wanted to talk to her more. And Norma's particular interest is in discussing the Third Age. Kia ora and welcome Norma. Morena, thank you. Lovely to have you here. So it's starting, what inspired you to be a voluntary guide at the Christchurch Art Gallery? Well, I've done social work for many, many years and worked in various voluntary capacities as well as paid work. And I just suddenly had this hit on the head that I wanted to do something completely different. Mm. And so, and and sort of about the same time, I saw the um, an advert, well, I think it was in the rates or something like that, um, in the council news, and I thought, oh, that's completely different. So um, I'm not trained in art or anything like that, but we had good training. Mm. Um, so I was... I hear it's got a good reputation. Yeah, people stay forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting... To just go completely outside. I mean, quite a few of the guides are artists, but some of us are not. And so it's just lovely to be immersed in something completely different. Mm, Mm. Absolutely. What have you got unexpectedly from doing it? Um, Well, I've had had to look at art that I didn't used to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Or another way of saying it is, is something surprised you about what you've learned from doing it. Yes, I've surprised myself at what I enjoy. Right. Um, and, it, yeah, it, it, and having to do a lot of extra learning. So we, we, we learnt how to um, look at art and things like that. But each artist you want to explore further. And although we get some training each time there's a new exhibition, mm. it's like a rabbit hole that you just want to go down. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Perfect. It, it is something which I thought, oh, I can imagine doing that later. Mm. Mm. Because I think art teaches us about different cultures too. So when I travel, I want to go to an art gallery. Yes, 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 yes. And I don't have to like it, but it opens something else for me. And it's astonishing what a painting is. There's a a photograph, I probably showed you that, the older woman Mm. crying my mother's tears. It's it's just amazing how sort of emotional, how it can actually go right inside you sometimes. I mean, some pieces of art just grab hold of you. and Yeah, and that's quite exciting to, to you know, just be aware of that. Doesn't always grab the people I take on tours, but <laughs> I still show them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we talked about uh, you coming on the radio, and what was it about the third age that you thought, oh, I'd like to talk more about this? Well, I guess it's the stage I'm at of life, um, and and most of my friends are too. So we do talk about it. Um, so I'm quite used to exploring this, and I can compare it to my parents. My both my parents died in their earlier sixties, so I've outlived them now. Mm. But 
they, when they got to 60, because that was retirement age, they were old and um, they didn't, they weren't sort of act, actively exercising, they weren't very healthy, mm. um, but they were, they were really old mm. people. And, and what, when you looked at them when you were younger, what did old mean to you? It meant you sort of stopped and, um, I mean, mum knitted and dad did woodwork, um, but you went inward and you um, stayed home and you, you know, you didn't. I remember the first time I ran after one of my grandchildren, sort of in thinking, my mother never ran, I don't recall her ever running. Mm. Um, so, yeah, mm. there was sort of a stayed, sort mm. of, the, it sort, of mm. sort of stuck in jelly or something mm. feeling. And did it, did it seem like, they became like that as an aging process. They hadn't been. They, it was different from when they you were young. Um, I haven't explained that very clearly. You know, you it, know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Too. Um, I think it was what you did. Yeah. I think it was you know they were following the rules, right? Which was you retired and now you're old, right? Um, and I think what I was trying to say was personality. So it wasn't necessarily their personality. They no, were those kind of I people. I think it was learned. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what had your parents' lives been like before retirement? Like Very work-wise? hard workers. Right. Very hard workers. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was quite different. Yeah. 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 And I didn't want that. I mean, you know, I turned 67 years ago and it was like, cheapest. I don't, you know, I'm not old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so how am I going to be? What's going to be different about this? So I started, you know, exploring and reading and talking and just continuing to be who I am. Yeah. Mm. So there's more options for you. You feel like yes. there's more options yes. and those yes. rules don't necessarily no, apply. Not at all. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What was the difference between, you think, your mother's attitude about old and your father's attitude about old? I think my mother, had she been healthier, possibly would have continued doing more things. But for Dad, it was like um, it was like life had ended. It, 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 in some ways, it was good because he was keen on um, handcrafts, woodwork and stuff. So he got excited about that, but he didn't imagine he could do anything with other people or outside the house or something. So, and I see that, I still see that, I think. I think sometimes, uh, I think women, have, we've just so much more adaptable. We've had to adapt to lots of different circumstances through our lives, um, changing careers or having children and leaving, you know, leaving the workforce for a while or the paid workforce for a while. Um, so maybe we find it easy to reinvent ourselves at this stage. Mm. I sometimes see blokes go, great, there's going to be lots of golf now, but that's not, that doesn't work every single day, and sometimes it rains and things like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have heard, um, my mother is 72, and I've heard... Uh, a lot of women and her friends talk about oh, my husband's home or my partner's <laughs> home all the time. I'm not used to it. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the panic before it happens. Yeah. Yes. When my father retired, he reorganised the kitchen cupboards and drawers, which my mother could have killed him about. <laughs> he just said, I've never been logical. It was like, how dare he? It's my yes, kitchen. Yes. Yeah. And but I no. assume she'd done the cooking. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I mean, I live on my own, so yeah. I haven't had that issue at yes. all. Mm. So tell me more about your transition from paid work. Um, 
you were in social work and what are you doing now and what's that been like? Well, I jumped the gun um, in that um, 16 years ago, 15 or 16 years ago, I decided um, that one day my children might have children and I'm fairly hot on parenting and, and that sort of stuff and wanting to support um, my mum died when my babies were little, so um, and I was determined that I wanted to be a support person if my children had children and wanted that. Mm. So, um, and I was in a management role in social work at that point, and it was clear that you know I was working very long hours and very committed to my job, and I had no space. Um, my daughter, my son was out of Christchurch. My daughter didn't even have a boyfriend at that point so I was really anticipating or mm. looking ahead Very so productive. I started <laughs> I started my own business at that point I also had got a bit weary with institutions so there was that as well but it was mainly because I wanted to make myself free to be available so I set up my own business so I um, that's about five six years before I was 60 even I started my own business um, doing life coaching and supervision. So um, I'm still doing that, and I can't see any reason to stop it. Um, and I work from home, and I only work four days a week, so I've always been responsible for the children on Friday while my daughter works. And so, yeah. Was there a downsizing stage or a transition stage where you were still doing a lot of work and the coaching, or how did there you was, manage that? Well, there was a big financial downsize from um, setting up your own business and establishing it. So I did do um, other paid jobs, like I taught at a drug and alcohol program, and I worked as a, funnily enough, as a youth worker um, at a, at a church trust and various things like that for small hours a week to supplement until my business was sufficient to feed me and mm. pay the bills. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What was others' response around you that you were choosing this path? Uh, there was a lot of, um, I think there was some doubt that it would work, and I guess I had some of that. Well, I don't think I did actually have much doubt. I just thought it's got to work. Um, I think there was sort of like, I wish I could. Um, and, um, I mean... An, there's no reason why other people couldn't. It was just, I just was willing to take the risk that it would work. I mean, I'm, I'm adaptable. Yeah. So if it hadn't worked, I'd have gone and done something else. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I often hear people talk about, there's an expression, um, something about golden, that, that feeling, wanting to uh, not work as hard, but the status and the income is too oh, hard yes, to let yes, go of. Yes, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's not a golden, not a golden ha handshake. handshake. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. It's That's like, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's a holding on to you. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Actually, that, sometimes I just talk that with people in my supervision. It's like, I can't leave because the money's too good and I'm living to that amount of money. Mm. Yeah. And so I guess I've altered a lot of that stuff. Yeah, mm. I, I live in very simply. Mm. Mm. Do people, so people talk in coaching about the, that struggle of mm. wanting a different life mm. but not wanting mm. to give it up. Mm, it's yeah. quite a common coaching topic, really. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. What do you see as the way through that? It's um, courage is one of the 
requirements of that. Um, and it's often finding what that other thing is. And it's not another thing. It's just, it's continuing the thread you've been on anyway, usually. Um, but just taking it sideways somewhere. Because, um, you know, I talk about reinventing yourself, but I'm not sure you do completely ever reinvent yourself. There's something that's innate to you all the way through and you just need to find a different way of expressing that. Mm, mm. So what I wanted to ask you more about changes that you've seen in the status of women in your lifetime. Have you seen changes uh, in expectations around women and work? Um, definitely. Um, I was lucky enough when I had my babies to resign and just expect there would be a job. I was teaching at that point and expect there would be a job for me when I'd finished doing the parenting or when the money was needed again. That doesn't happen anymore. So that's a huge change and a huge pressure, I think, on people. And I think I was incredibly lucky to be able to... I think I was home for about five years um, and um, I always did volunteer work during that time, but I was home. Um, with the children. So that's one of the changes that really I, I feel concerned about now is that women have, we've got the status to be in the jobs and, and that, but also we have to be there for money. Um, two incomes are required for so many households and um, that's that juggling and struggling and enjoying a job and loving it and enjoying your children and loving them and never being fully in one place or the other or I don't I don't of course people are fully in in their mm. places but you're always feeling a bit torn that you mm. should be in the other place or mm. attending to it so that's that's a change that's come about um, and there's some really good things about that that women have a lot more opportunities but there's also seem to be a lot of um, responsibilities fall on that one as well mm. that's uh, I mean, women are doing, uh, we're freer to do a lot more. Mm. And since my, my my sisters were older than me, and when I think about their lives, they were fairly um, limited in their choices, really. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if you're, it feels funny saying you're in your third age, um, it's not sort of a way I'm used to thinking about it. I'm going to go with that. Do you feel less torn than you might have when you were younger? Yes, in lots of ways. And um, and I less torn. I know myself better. Right. And I'm willing to claim myself and yes. um, go out on a limb. Mm. So that's different than when I was younger. Yeah. Mm. And what does that make available? Well, anything really, in mm. a way, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I still want to, I still make sure that I can be available as much as um, possible for my family. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, that's always felt important. Yeah. When we initially met, you were telling me about some of the authors that were an influence on you and your thinking. Uh, Erickson, Eric Erickson and his wife Jo Joan Erickson. Yes, yes. What were some of 
their ideas or her, her ideas that influenced you? I've read um, I've read some of Joan Erickson's books, but I've also read I can't remember who wrote them. Um, a Year by the Sea, it was called. Um, it's something like Lindbergh. Um, no, no, that's no, no, am that, I thinking something yeah, else? You're thinking another one, a lovely one about the seashells. Yeah, mm. um, it's American, and this woman. The author runs away to the beach house for a whole year because her husband wants them to shift to another place for his career. And she says, well, you can go, but I'm not. And she goes off. And she happens to meet Joan Erickson while she's there. So Joan Erickson flows through the book, and then she wrote another book, and so the same again. So then I started exploring Joan Erickson, and it it seems that she was um, equally uh, responsible for the Erickson model of st- life stages um, mm. that she, you know, they worked together very much and he acknowledged that. Um, and she, after he died, because he went into care for the last year or so of his life, right. quite near where this beach house was, so that's how she was living in that area. Um, and um, she developed, or she wrote up, the extra stage. So Erickson's stages have eight stages. And she added in another stage um, after he died, but it, it was fully with you know his his knowing and permission and stuff, and it's called the um, so she moved the last stage on and she added one so she added a, a an eight and made um, eight into nine and it was it's called involvement versus resignation so um, and I found that really fascinating so it was the involvement thing so it was like. Well, it's not like my mother who just sat there. Um, it is about staying involved. So that started me thinking on, um, it started doing more reading. Mm-hmm. And um, some people, I've read that it's we've got 30 more years than we used to have. And it's not 30. It's a fair chunk of time. It's huge, isn't it? <laughs> you could reinvent yourself several times. Yeah. Um, and it's not 30 at the end of your life. It's sort of 30 at the second to last part of your life. So mm. it's not that you're going to be old and in an old people's home for an extra 30 years. But, you know, you're going to do, you've got active time before you get to that stage. So, you know, that's uh, 60, 70, even 80s and maybe you know, when you get into your 90s, you, you're starting to be old now. Mm. So mm. that um, that was an exciting thought. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I did some work in aged care research in Melbourne and staff, uh, care staff who'd been there a long time said people used to come into aged care when they were still quite physically mm. able. Uh, and now people are coming in later and encouraged to come in later and often come in when they have dementia. Mm. And so a lot of the population of aged care homes, high population, have dementia. Mm. Mm. Uh, And there's more of it because people are living longer. Mm. Yeah, Mm. so, yeah, dynamics are shifting and changing a lot. Mm. Mm. I love that idea of involvement. Mm. 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 And it goes sort of, because the last stage was about generative, generativity so it was about using your wisdom in various ways so it's they're, they're connected mm. um, and it was because he always had they always had the opposite so it was generativity versus despair um, mm. so and you said involvement versus, versus resignation resignation mm. and generativity versus despair mm. tell mm. me more about generativity what that means to you well that is the wisdom time of life and we don't have a good women's word for old wise women 
Mm. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Um, and there isn't. I mean, crone doesn't sit for everybody well. Um, and mm. there, there isn't a word that, mm. in my, that I'm aware of right now mm. that fits for a wise old woman sort mm. of thing. But we need one. A kuia, perhaps. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Māori culture. Mm. Knowledge is more. Um, but most other cultures other than white Western acknowledge it more. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> I've done a lot of uh, Dr. Estes, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, uh, training, and uh, she certainly does embrace the word crone mm, and yeah. the wise old woman and from a, a range of cultures. She's got an Eastern European background, mm, but also Native American, Mexican American, uh, creates in a really beautiful way mm. the crone. Mm. Yeah. We, some of those fairy tales is wicked, the wicked old woman versus the wise teacher. Mm. 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 Yeah. What else? I'm thinking the term invisibility comes. The women can talk about feeling mm. invisible as they get older. Mm. Um, Which is a shock when you first realise that you've become invisible. Um, what, what do you remember about it? <laughs> uh, I can't give you an example, but it, it's something surging through me, remembering sort of that times where... You know, you're not even in the room. You're not even listened to. You're not. I mean, it's it's a women's issue quite often. You know, like at a meeting where you present an idea and it comes out somebody else's mouth half an hour later. Um, you can make that work for you, though, of course. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of ways that you've become invisible. But the good thing about that is that you know you can do whatever and be whatever and and be slightly crazy and it's all right. So mm, mm, mm. I'm embracing that. <laughs> I was reading this wonderful book, You're Not Old Until You're 90, um, by Rebecca Latimer. And her, the subtitle was Best to Be Prepared, However. <laughs> and she said, yeah, it can be played with. Uh, you can, if you, if you want to dance and kick up your heels and dress up and wear heels, great. Dance to your own tune. But if you don't want to, you can also do that. Mm. You mm. can... Mm. I'm an introvert, so I don't go to parties particularly, but I always used to, feeling obliged. And now I say to my friends, thank you, but you know I won't turn up, so I'll tell you now. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it easier. Yes. Yeah. And you can see them one-on-one yeah. or in small groups totally. or mm-hmm. not as mm-hmm. part of a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. You said to me you enjoy gardening. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. something you've always enjoyed? Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. I'm, I'm lucky to have a nice wee patch of, of land, little tiny around my house. Um, it's not always, it's, it's messy, but I love it. Yeah. And I don't listen to anything. I just out there quietly with my thoughts or no thoughts, really. Mm, it's quite meditative. Mm, mm. Mm. This is a big question. What, what do you want to still accomplish is there or do you even think like that in terms of accomplish or what are you wanting Um, for your life in this involvement stage 
each year I dream up what I might do this year. Um, I don't think accomplish isn't the right word mm, for me. Mm. I haven't got. I haven't got other than be truly available to listen to people when I'm working with them or to be that to my friends and family. So that's that's what I want to accomplish in a way, mm, is to mm. really really hold people's stories and listen. Mm. Um, but I, ha- I always have lots of things I want to um, try, like I'm going to do calligraphy this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just discovered this cool, um, or I found it on a website somewhere, The Idlers. It's, yes. uh, do you know about no, it? No, what well, is it? There's a magazine comes out, and it's about idling, and I just love that term, and I think that's it's I'm gorgeous. going to idle this year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a it's a British um, thing. Yeah. Um, and they go for walks, and they have lectures, and they do all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's part of what I want to. If I'm going to accomplish anything this year, it's yes. it's it's healthy idling. Yes. <laughs> And I was thinking accomplishment can sort of seem very goal-driven or that kind of language. Um, but it's, it's, it's a create, isn't it? You, you have your mm. years and what you want to create. Mm. And mm. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. And tell me the song that you've chosen. Um, I like Judy Collins's voice. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I love her song about um, seeing clouds from both sides now. And I think that's one of the exciting things about getting older is that, you know, even if you were black and white, you can't be as, well, it's best not to be as you get older because yeah. just life gets greyer and greyer. So, you know, both sides of the clouds are, are what I'd like to hear. Beautiful. Thank you for coming and talking to me, Norma. Yeah, pleasure. Thank Thanks. you. ice cream castles in the air and feathered canyons everywhere I've looked at clouds that way but now they only block the sun they rain and snow on everyone so many things I would have done but clouds got in my way
something's gained. 